This is the CHGO podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. My name is Brendan. With me is the founder of Delmetrix, Cody Del Mendo is here. Corey's out of town. So it's just the two of us. We're going to be miserable. It's one of those episodes. Uh, they just dropped another series to the twins they i'm gonna just, quickly jump in my favorite part of the open is that you can't even say the name cubs you just i can't do it podcast i can't do it the cubs Tough week. have ruined okay. they, have, they have ruined my weekend they continue to ruin my life they just dropped two straight games 27 runs in two games and i question why i keep doing this i know uh, cody's the same exact look at look at cody's face right now like look at cody's face i have some whiskey over here i this is going to be one of those episodes cody yeah, I might have to go grab a beer soon because, like, this is brutal, dude. Like, I felt good coming into today. I didn't take yesterday's loss as badly because, like, well, Stroman on Sunday, he's been really good. And he was just due for a bad one, I guess. <laughs> it's like, man, he got hit around today. And, yeah. and like, I know 16 to 3 today, Miles Master Boney gave up what like five or six of them so whatever it was i mean it was like even the moment stroma came out the bullpen didn't do shit and like i've been a defender of our bullpen all season rucker was not good today uh merriweather was not good today fulmer was not good today uh, but it all starts with your starting pitcher if your starting yeah. pitcher can't you know if he can't go he can't even go five and not give up more than or give up less than three, then it's not a quality start. I mean, hell, even that's not a quality start. But, like, in general, like, he didn't give the Cubs a chance to win today. Um, And it's brutal coming off the game they had yesterday. And now they have to go to Houston, who hasn't played as well to start the year. So maybe the Cubs are getting them at the right time. But at the same time, they're the reigning World Series champs. And, you know, they've been a juggernaut for the last – half decade at the very least yeah. so uh yeah the vibes are not good i hate it here and um i'm actually really pissed off at Corey because if Corey was here he'd have to sit here and do i know and not me and i gotta lead this show i gotta lead all the topics and just this is this yeah. is a complete disaster from top to bottom over I, here so. honestly everything outside of the two wins this week, everything was Corey's fault. I'm here, that's, I'm here to just that's, blame Corey yeah. for the entire week. He went to that's Hawaii conclusion. and everything has just been like just just been shit. Yep. So thankfully he's coming home tomorrow. It can't come any faster. Yeah. Man. Everything is always Corey's fault. That's yes. the conclusion we have here. So we do uh, have a busy show. I mean, we have uh, Kyle Hendricks nearing a potential return. We'll talk about that. We do have Matt Mervis's slow start to discuss. He had two hits today in Sunday's contest, but nevertheless, still a slow start. Christopher Murrell is going to be hitting 80 home runs this year, apparently, batting 400. He's basically Tony Gwynn and Barry Bonds combined. So we'll talk about that, and uh, we'll get into it. So, I mean, the topic of the weekend has been the slow offense at times you know they dropped their second uh, consecutive series mm-hmm. they lost to the cardinals scored one run uh today offensive was a little anemic again from your point of view we have matt mervis up we have christopher morell up christopher morell's batting leadoff in a few of these games there's not much more to complain about from outside looking in like this is the roster now yeah. and at times you know some of the frustrations are are going to happen they're going to be justifiable but from your point of view how do you feel about matt mervis's slow start are you concerned should we consider you know other alternatives in terms of roster construction playing time etc i i just think it's too early to get concerned 
Like, yeah, I recognize it hasn't, it's been a buzzkill. Yeah, it hasn't been great. He did have two hits today. And I think both of those hits were both, they were both hit extremely hard, well over 100 miles per hour. Whether you care about exit velocity or not, he did have two hits. Um, So you give credit where credit is due. Um, And he had a big hit on Friday to help the Cubs tie the game. I just think it could be so much worse. I mean, I've seen people in my mentions on Twitter saying Micah, Micah Hoffpower, Brian Lahair. Like, are, are we serious? That was After- inevitable, though. Because, oh, I mean, yeah, the lefty first baseman, of course it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, I'm not surprised by it yeah. because our fan base is so hot and cold that, like, then there's no pa- no patience whatsoever. You had, like... And that's why the one thing that I always agreed with Ryan whenever he would try to talk me down on calling Mervis up was that you don't know if Mervis would have got a hit in whatever scenario or whatever yeah. uh, when Hosmer got out before he was up. But the thing, the whole point of Mervis being here has nothing to do with the start. In my eyes, it has nothing to do with the start. It has everything to do about the Cubs' future. And he's he had played well enough at AAA for – however many games it was a large sample and he earned this opportunity i'm not give up on it after a week it's literally been a week yeah i mean i understand the frustration right like a lot of the things he was doing well in triple a not striking out not whiffing hitting for power not seeing that so far 33 plate appearances contact rate is 65 percent among the worst in the league it's a slow start right but like look at the pitching he's facing Tough lefties, the twins starting rotation staff. I don't know what the hell they're doing over there, but they got all this heat. They got all these carrying fastballs, all those changeups that you saw. It's been tough, right? And you're getting thrown in the mix when the offense has been struggling at times in the past week and a half. So from my point of view, you kind of do have to be patient. But those, dude, those Hoffpower and Brian LaHare uh, 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 mentions were inevitable, dude. You have to mentally prepare yourself for that. Yeah, I know. I know that. And again, I guess for me to say I'm, do I recognize it? Yes. Am I concerned? It just takes a lot for me to get concerned because I know how hard this game is. I mean, Hall of Famers are guys who failed 70% of the time. And so for me to just assume that Matt Mervis was going to come up here and have an OPS over 900 and hit over 300, have a walk rate higher than a strikeout rate, yeah. considering how different Major League Baseball is compared to AAA, for me to for me to just think that that was going to happen, that's just that I sh- that's fault on me and anyone else who really thought that because that like that's too high of expectations. I don't think this guy is or okay. I don't know if this guy's ever going to reach Anthony Rizzo type type play, but yeah. let's also remember Anthony Rizzo wasn't Anthony Rizzo right away either. You have and, to go through those failures at times to adjust. Right. Yeah. And so like the only prospect that we've ever seen come up and honestly really never have a problem was Chris Bryant. And the guy yeah. was like the first, no second overall pick was the best player in, in college baseball. Uh, the best player in the minor leagues the year before that. Like he was, he was an absolute phenom. I mean, yeah. they had billboards outside Wrigley field for him before, before he was even here. Right. Like whenever I said, when he got the call up, I got Chris Bryant vibes. It was more about the anticipation from the fan base. That doesn't mean I was expecting those same results. And even Chris Bryant didn't hit his first home run for like the first month that he was a yeah, cub. But in he, Milwaukee. I remember that. Right. In 2015, the year before yeah. they won the World before Series. Before they won the World Series, correct? Yes. yes. Before. Which was 2016. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so, like, 
for even for his standards, it's not like he was lighting the world on fire right away. He eventually did th- that in 2015. But again, like Matt Mervis, he just he deserves more than a week. He does honestly ask me the same question again in like two months. Ask me at the All Star break how I feel about Matt Mervis because. At the end of the day, who else do you want to see at first base anyway? You want to see Eric Hosmer over there? Everyone was yelling about him being in the lineup yesterday on social media. Including me, yeah. Yeah, like, (laughs) I mean, at the end of the day, whether you think this team is a playoff team or not, or at least going to be in the race, I rather would want to see Matt Mervis there because at least you're getting him important at bats. And whether you think these games are meaningful or not, the Cubs think these games are meaningful. So, like... That, at the end of the day, that's what matters to me is just th- that development and his, um, you know, hopefully we just we start to see him adjust soon. It, I, I think in the in for the long term, you gotta you gotta find out if if he can be that guy because say he's not. Well, you, you have Cody Bellinger and, and everyone t- is talking about Pete Crow Armstrong sometime next year. Well, Cody Bellinger can play some first base too, and so like. I don't think it's the end of the world if Matt Mervis isn't the guy long term. But again, you got to give this guy some time. Uh, and I, I was encouraged by today's game. And to go off your point as well, related to who he's faced. I mean, yesterday was probably the worst game I seen from him, and he faced Joe Ryan, dude. That guy, yeah, he's that probably guy. one of the more Shots. underrated pitchers in baseball, considering no one's really talking about him. The guy just shoved it down our throats yesterday, and, and he's been shoving it down everyone's throats. The guy was. Yeah had been one of the best pitchers in the American league coming into yesterday. So I, you know, it was, it, I get the frustration, but you got to give the guy more time. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Only 33 plate appearances, but at the same time, separate from Mervis developing, you need to know what you have in Mervis. Like if, yeah. you, if this team is still around 500 in six to eight weeks, you need to know confidently what you have at first base. Let's say, you know, you do, restrict some of his playing time well you don't really inform yourself what to do at the trade event maybe you need a bat maybe you need to consider we saw someone in the chat over here say maybe you know this will inform the bellinger extension uh possibility right so the there's two sides of this discussion one is you want to win games right but two you also want to see what you have that can inform the next direction so i do think you have to be patient from Mervis's perspective individually, but also you have to kind of go through perhaps some of that uncomfortable times just to see what you have. And that was like one of the reasons why I wanted to see Morell up earlier and why I wanted to see even Mervis up in August, because there may become there may come a time in like the, the end of June where you don't know what you have in Mervis yet. Like you may not have that confident opinion and you may be one game below 500, two games below 500 where we are right now. God help us mm-hmm. if they are, because I'll be a little disappointed, but you may have to figure out what is the best path forward? And then, Cody, we may ha- we may be having a discussion of should we even go out and trade for someone? Because I don't want to have that discussion. I don't want I cannot do another trade deadline where we're on the fence about trading some of these potential free agents mm-hmm. or perhaps hopefully going for. It. I don't want to do this again, man. So you have yeah. to give Mervis as many opportunities as possible to do that. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. It's it's I at the end of the day, like I get everyone's like frustration with him, but I'm hoping that he takes, you know, the confidence he built today into tomorrow. I I 
I think the thing that's kind of, if there's one thing out of it that scared me the most has been the whiffs because like just didn't strike out a lot. And, but you know, pitching's a lot different here at the major league level. So I'm hoping that if he can start cutting down some of those strikeouts as he moves along here in his major league career, I think that would be a good sign. That's honestly what I want more than, you know, the power or anything else. Um, Obviously I want the power, but I I think it all starts with him trying to, you know, it all starts with him finding a way to still have that power and and cut down on the strikeouts. Because if you can do that, then you know we we really can get really hyped about this guy. There's plenty of guys around the league that hit a ton of homers but strike out a ton. We have one ourselves, and and Patrick Wisdom. It's not that I don't want another one of those, but you can really dream about a guy if they're, if they're able to cut down on strikeouts and have that and have the kind of power that he has. So yeah. that that's like my first thing is if he can do that, then I think things might start to roll his way. Yeah. I think I can imagine in like two, three weeks, if he's still struggling, I can imagine a scenario where some people will want, you know, Morel to DH. You put Mancini at first base. So I think, you know, we're not too far away from having that discussion of should we cut back some plate appearances to win games that will be an uncomfortable decision to talk about because you look at you look at morel right now right like 461 foot home run uh mm. the power is clearly developing at an unexpected rate he has yeah. 14 home runs combined with the cubs in iowa and the cubs at the big league level mm. of any player in any organization combined that's the most of anyone right mm. so with morel once you have bellinger you know getting situated getting uh, back from this off day, and once you have Nico coming back, like where do you even play Morel? To me, you have Nick Magical spelling certain guys, but to me, like you have to find a way to get Morel's bat in the lineup somehow. And maybe there will come a time where you do have to debate whether or not to cut back a little bit um, on Mervis's at bats. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't. I hope it doesn't get so bad to where it comes to that. You know what I mean? Well, I'm in a bad mood. I'm thinking worst case scenario right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, that would definitely be the worst case scenario. And if he if if he's not even giving you product, if, if he's not even being productive in some aspect offensively in two or three weeks to where you're even like questioning that, then I would imagine the Cubs are probably not playing well still. Um and that you know that's you you're you're pissed off and you're and you're thinking worst case scenario that's my worst yeah. case scenario is 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 thinking that because we've we've talked about how the lineup has been so top heavy most of this year and we haven't got enough from the bottom of the lineup and so with him not really off to a fast start not much has really changed with this offense outside of Morel's hot start um but Whew, man, I, I hope in two to three weeks we're not talking about Mervis, you know, not getting everyday play appearances or or whatever. But you know, it's a possibility, though. It like is. You, it you is. see, you you ran that social media account long enough to know, like yeah. that is a possibility. Yeah, that said, um, you know, I still like. There's not a lot to complain about the roster construction anymore with Morell and Mervis here. And I know Nico is out, which we clearly saw the, what this team is like without him this weekend. I just, for me, when I look at the grand scheme right now, 
I'm thinking about, man, I, you know, what if, what if Nico was getting those at bats instead of Nick Madrigal? And what if, you know, the pitching was just a little bit better this weekend and you're like, you know, and I, I can't, I, there hasn't been a lot to complain about the pitching. This was the first series where the pitching was just truly horrific. And so it's like, if you start, which is bound to happen, right, know? right. It was bound to happen. Yeah. Uh, it, not necessarily like not saying that the pitching was way outperforming expectations. Well, maybe expectations it has been, but I'm not saying that they were, you know, doing things that they shouldn't be doing. I'm not like everything Justin Steele has done to this point is not a fluke in my opinion. Um, and same thing with Stroman and, and Smiley and all them. Like, I don't think any of that's a fluke, but you know, they all, they all are kind of due for like some regression a little bit because they have been so good. So for that, for the timing of that to come could not have been worse uh, considering Nico being out and considering, um, you know, you're trying to implement some of these young guys in and stuff. So I still kind of think that this team is trying to figure out, um, you know, I don't want to say roles, but just kind of its way. And like, in a way it's fine with me because I don't want this team to find a way to peak in May, but at the same time, like you don't want to fall out of the race. I mean, they're four yeah. games back now after today. I, I don't know. I'm again, I'm, if I'm as worried or concerned as anyone else in the chat, I'm not saying I'm not worried. I'm just more like we're two games under and it could be so much worse. I guess that's my thinking right now. Yeah, man. I, I, I do have to remind myself that, but then like, I don't know. I keep, I keep doing this, but I keep going back in time and I, I can't shake the thought of what we would be like if morale were up earlier. It's not to like, you know, play Monday morning quarterback, but this is a type of situation that, that I feared where you're not playing like the optimal roster. And now the, the, the roster is here, right? So now the, the idea is how do you get the best situations, the best playing time for Christopher morale? And I think we're going to have some uncomfortable discussions going forward with that, but do like, I mean, you're seeing morale. You see the vibe. He, by the way, that like home run celebration where he's kind of like clicking his toes. That's yeah. Alfonso Soriano, dude. He's doing that <laughs> all the time, running third base and going out to the outfield. Yeah. So, from like my perspective, you know, like where do you even get morale in this line? We talked about when I was in Chicago, right? Like DH yeah. is a possibility, but yeah. like, you know, if you want to play him every single day, that's yeah. going to be perhaps not the best thing for his development. How do you get morale in the lineup? right now on the consistent basis Cody how do you do it please right um well at this point it's easy to get him there because Nico's out but when Nico comes you better come back in like five days <laughs> right. or then I'm just right. be my last podcast if he doesn't right right if Nico's not back by next weekend we're gonna be uh in much worse shape yeah um yeah I mean I thought he I mean I don't you know me I'm I'm I test Dell metrics whatever he looked fine in center today I think, you know, I was I was happy to see Saya hit a homer today, even though it was at a time where it didn't matter, blah, blah, blah. I know how people, some people will look at that. Um, but, you know, I think getting Morrell in either center or right field, if you're not going to play him at third on some days when you want to give Bellinger or Saya Suzuki a rest is fine. But other than that, though, man, like it's like DH or third base more often than not. Um, and the thing is, is that 
Mervis has been playing first base, so you're not even going to have to take Mervis out of the lineup. It's just more of like you would just play Morella, DH, and Mervis at first, and and that's fine. Now, again, if we're talking about Mervis in two, three weeks about you know his struggles, then maybe that changes, um, and then you have another first base issue, I guess, unless you played Mancini every day there. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, third base or those two corner outfield positions, because, like, I guess the same would go for left field too. Cause Ian Happ, you know, he's played a lot and they're going to play every day. All three of those guys should play every day and Happ, Bellinger and, and say Suzuki. But um, you know, there's nothing wrong with giving any of those guys a day off and maybe use them as the, use them as the DH and let Morrell play the outfield. If, if you did want to quote unquote, give them a day off, but still get them in the lineup. Uh, but yeah, man, I third base is like the only spot. And the thing is about wisdom, like a lot of people were mad about wisdom not being in the lineup yesterday. Uh, and, and Hosmer was now I I'm with people. The fact that Hosmer is in the lineup, like I, I at this point, I don't like seeing it because it's like he hasn't he just hasn't been very good at all. But <laughs> considering the matchup yesterday, I didn't mind it because Joe Ryan's been very good and high fastballs too. high fastballs yeah. and that's something that wisdom struggles against yeah and so i understood it and hosmer honestly had some decent at bats yesterday unfortunately they were are all, you giving hosmer credit i'm giving him credit <laughs> for hitting some really nice foul balls okay okay, <laughs> okay. am i in the twilight for. zone over here are we, we're losing two <laughs> games like this and you're giving hosmer credit oh, am yeah. i like have when, i drunk too much of this whiskey over here what's going on when, when you have a weekend like this weekend where you lose combined <laughs> 27 to what four you're giving credit what, to eric hosmer i'm giving credit i'm getting credit to <laughs> eric hosmer for some nice right. hard hit yeah, foul balls. no you reason i found those off credit is because he actually put the ball in the air yeah. to the outfield and they were hit hard. I mean, he, he came very close to hitting a home run yesterday. So it, in a way, it did make sense that Hosmer was in over wisdom. And that's all I'm really that's all I'm really saying. Um, but my point is between him and Morrell is that wisdom's so matchup based, like he really does struggle with the the high velocity in the zone. Yeah. And Morrell, if if there's days where that if if wisdom doesn't match up then yeah i'd love to see morell at third and the way he's played at second as long as he can make accurate throws to third base i Which think he did do it. yeah would yeah. if he can do that then yeah i think he could play a solid third base i i do think morell could be your your future third baseman um everyday third baseman um but i i do think that third or dh are probably your best spots when nico comes back but thank god he's here with nico out right now or else this offense and this team would just be so depressing right now i know all right well we have a lot of comments about wisneski a lot of comments about hendrix starts today we're probably gonna have a decision by maybe monday tuesday by the time you guys uh listen to this so as of right now hendrix just threw 79 pitches his day is over in iowa Five yeah. innings, six hits, two earned runs, four strikeouts, two walks. So that could be his last start, perhaps. We'll again, we'll find out more information, but let's do a quick ad break here. We'll come back after. We'll talk about Wisneski, talk about Hendricks, get your thoughts on that, get everyone's thoughts on Wisneski's struggles, and we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. 
First break here from our sponsor, Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. I got a brand new pair of Shady Rays, Cody, when I went to the uh, studio last week. Oh, yeah. I did. I don't have them in front of me. They're in my car right now, so I'm not doing a good job with this battery. They're like a light brown. They're they're, they're pretty cool. Uh, If you're like me, I tend to lose my sunglasses or break them um, i've sat on a few sunglasses before sometimes i just forget where i put them if you do that and if you're like me you can get a pair back from shady rays no questions asked wear shady rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase them together with their customers shady rays is also providing much needed support to support non-profit partners across the U.S. through the Shady Rays impact from building play sets for pediatric cancer patients for providing to providing young adults with MS the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact for your community and others like it now and for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back exclusively for our listeners. Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Second break here from our sponsor, Game Time. You know, when I was in the studio, by the way, I... You know, I give Luke a lot of credit for those uh, segues for different ads. You know, now I'm self-conscious about my segues. I can't do it. I was trying to find a way to link game time to Shady Rays. I just I just cannot do it. But I'm going to try to read this. We'll get back to Wisniewski and, and, and Hendrix. Uh, game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. The Cubs are actually commonly standing diego in a few weeks a few friends of mine a few family members already bought tickets through game time i told them that it is the fastest growing ticketing app and they can download the app and use our code chgo for 20 dollars off their first purchase so if you want to get tickets if you have not used game time app yet use that code chgo for again 20 dollars off your first purchase terms do apply again create that account redeem code chgo for 20 dollars off Download the game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Cody, a lot of talk about Hendricks, a lot of talk about Wisniewski. The idea probably is Hendricks comes up within the next week. If maybe it's one more start, maybe within 10 days, the idea is Wisniewski's probably going to go back down. How do you feel about yeah. that? Um, I think it's fine. I'm, I don't have high expectations for Kyle Hendricks, but the thing is, is that when you're the number five starter, you're not there's not a lot of high expectations for that, that role anyway. Um, so that in that thinking, I'm, I'm hoping that he pitches better than what anyone really thinks. I mean, there's been a lot of people in our chat when we've talked about him that say he's washed, say he's done has to say he hasn't done anything in five years, even though that's statistically not correct. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of things like that. So uh, I am, for the sake of, you know, him being the last guy from 16, I'm, I'm hoping that he comes back and pitches well. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not out on Wesneski. I know he struggled with that fastball to lefties specifically. And, you know, I think the command has been a struggle too. Um, but I don't know. I tweeted yesterday that 
after he came out, I was like, one day we will laugh about this start. I think there's better days ahead so. for him. And so I, so. I feel I, I know I definitely feel better about him if he goes back to Iowa than I felt about Caleb Killian when he went back to Iowa. Oh, so, he's a mess. Yeah. So yeah. um, you know, I, I do think I do think that there are better days ahead. But at the same time, I, I said, you know, when he despite how great he was in the spring and how great he was last September, I, I you know, I tried to let everyone in, in, on the show who watched in the in the chat and everything like have tempered expectations because he's a young pitcher and like it's just unless you're like you know, I remember Steven Strasburg's major league debut or, um, you know, some of these other guys who were just like, it's not, it's not that Wesneski didn't have like a hot, uh, you know, wasn't highly touted or anything like that. It's more of that. A lot of those guys were like number one picks or, you know, drafted very highly. I mean, those are generational talents, gen- generational talents. Yeah. So you go. And it's, again, I, I think Wesneski can be a, you know, top three or top four in your rotation one day. Uh, but um, do I think he's a number one ace? Do I think he has that kind of potential? No. And even even in September last year, I didn't think that. So I just think that he can be a very, very useful starter for a good rotation one day. And I think that he can still get there. It's just it's just the bumps and roads of being a, a young pitcher, man. Like it, we've seen it with a lot of dudes. So it happens. You know? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy that him going down brings Kyle Hendricks back, which brings some experience and brings in a guy who's pitched in a lot of big games and he's pitched in, uh, in games that you know, when the Cubs need a you know a good start, he normally gives that. So I think that there's a uh, plenty of you know, optimism for, for Hendricks. And I, and I still think there's a lot of optimism for, for Wesneski too. just got to work on some things, just a young pitcher who's, you know, he's uh, the, the league has found his flaws and he has struggled to kind of adjust. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are getting a lot of comments, uh, one particular from vanilla chill pitch mix and control. The stuff is there for Wesneski. That, that is spot on the, Mm -hmm. the pitch mix is maybe, something that can be approved upon, but the control is dry. In my opinion, the control is driving the issues. If you look at last year, the slider was among the best in major league baseball. The stuff alone puts it towards the top, but last year Wisniewski's command on that slider was also at the top of the league. If you look at how often he hit the edges of the strike zone, just with the sliders, he was among the best of any pitchers. So this season, that command has not been there. Now, it's not manifesting in walks. If that's a reason for optimism, go for it. But his walk per nine is only two batters per game. So think about that. Versus Killian, as you mentioned, walks all over the place. You have no idea where the ball is going. For Wisniewski, it's slightly leaky command. So why that is, I have no idea. He's very uh, self-conscious. He's very aware of his shortcomings. Also, too, that four-seam and sinker, the command has also not been there as well. Overall, all of his command has just not been there. But the stuff is almost identical. So that should give – it gives me confidence, right? And I think for his potential as a top-line starter, maybe you're a little bit lower than I am with him. I still think it's there. When you have a slider that rates in the top tier of current pitchers, by default, you have to have a high ceiling. Like he has that high ceiling. The issue is right now, 
that fastball is not going to get him to that high ceiling. That fastball is below average. So mm-hmm. some like Vanilla Jones maybe throw more sinkers. That might be ultimately what he needs to do. Go more for a sinker heavier approach, similar to what you see with Marcus Stroman. But the difference between the two is that Stroman's command is phenomenal, whereas Wisconsin does not have that command yet. So unless that command gets settled, it's not really you know pitch mix per se, although it could be. But right now, focusing in on getting that command, whatever the reason is, uh, that's the priority number one. So then the idea is, can he do that in AAA, or is he best suited to figure that out under the supervision of Tommy Hadovy? I think that will be an interesting conversation to have. And if he does stay with the Cubs at the big league level, I honestly would not be surprised if he goes into like a bullpen role. Just for like two weeks, you go out three innings, four innings. They've done it with Adbert Alzali in the past after starting King and Thompson Steele. We've seen all of this happen before. And sometimes when that happens, to Vanilla Chill's point, the pitch mix does significantly change, and that might influence how he ends up using certain pitches back in the rotation. So mm-hmm. you do have to be patient, I think, with Wisniewski. The biggest encouraging sign is that the walks are not there. It's just slightly leaky command, but I'm excited to see Hendricks. The velocity readings of 88 to 90 miles per hour, Cody, I did not expect that. I know he was talking about it, but when you hear about shoulder capsular tear, I heard that Luke may have the same injury, actually. I've seen <laughs> Luke move around the studio. I'm worried about him. And if Hendricks has the same type of injury, man, like I was I was pretty down on him. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty interested to see how he looks. Yeah. Uh I see our good friend Michael Collada in the chat. We haven't rec- we, we up, haven't mentioned him in the show yet. And yeah. I've seen all he's he's letting it all out in the chat today. I just let him do it. He is the godfather. We all need whatever. to do it. I you know, let it all out. That said, I I, I will stick up for, for our guy Wesneski though. Like that he's still a good pitcher and the, the and him for Scott Efros is still a, a steal of a trade for the Cubs. Uh, uh, as he says, it's too good to be true that oh, we got absolutely. a good pitcher and a trade. Th- 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 there's there's a lot to like with Wesneski still. Um, but yeah, no, with Hendricks, when you hear that, yeah, he's touching ninety. Uh, it's it's uh for what he does, yeah, play that that plays, and so it's just the matter of him coming up and executing what he wants to do. Um, I look forward to everyone blowing up on him whenever he doesn't have a good first start. But I do think that as the season goes along, he that's a dark better. thought. But if right. I mean, you're thinking worst case scenario. Oh yeah, right? worst case scenario is a terrible first start, and then hopefully it just gets better as each start goes along. That's yeah. that's all I'm hoping for. Um, I think with the defense that the Cubs have behind him, I think it only benefits him. So I, you know, I am excited to see him back. Um, so. Uh, but at the same time, I, my expect I'm excited, but not like my, my expectations aren't high. Like I, I don't see him going out there throwing a Maddox like he did against the Cardinals in like 2019. I don't see him going out there almost throwing a no hitter like he did against the Cardinals in 2016. I, you know, nothing like that. But I think he can be a solid, you know, five six inning guy who you know keeps you in ball games, and that's all you can ask for from your number five starter. And if yeah. he's able to do that, then everyone's pretty content with him. Now, is your leash longer or shorter with them? Let's say he has two starts, mm-hmm. not looking good. Cubs are not putting it together offensively. At what point do you think it just may not work with Kyle? Well, the thing is, he's like, it's the last year of his deal. So it just, it honestly just depends on how the season continues to progress. Like if the Cubs are in it, which 
with the roster they have. I think they have well, with the roster that they have in the division that they're in. I absolutely do think that they can hang around for you know another two three months. Um, so if if things don't go well with him, then yeah, I mean, let's give someone else a shot. I I would say my leash is you know if things don't go well for five starts i'd give them five starts if they and 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 they're not and none of them are good or none of them are encouraging at all i then then it's one of those pull the old chat would put them on the the phantom il i guess or something that's like that sad. i don't know and that's and that's i hate saying that i don't want yeah. to say that but like i would say my leash is five starts yeah i mean it will, it will be interesting i think it will be contextualized how the team is doing right like if they continue to perform this poorly, then maybe five stars is too much. And maybe to your point, a phantom IL stint just to get him back mechanically might be something they have to do. And that's one reason why I'm so concerned about this upcoming road trip, because you go to Houston, you go to Philly, you have a West Coast trip coming up to San Diego. I, I'm thinking dark thoughts over here, man. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't, I don't know. I, I hope we can just survive this upcoming two game two series set with philly yeah. and houston and i'm just i don't know even today's loss with the way the bullpen had to be used you had master boney going in there to to yeah. mop up damage you can see this and Im- imploding and i don't mean that like you know and just i can i could see this in, in imploding so man especially with yeah. nico still going out and everything this is this is a dark time. I see that even in the chat over here. I think everyone kind of has some of that like PTSD from a couple of years ago, where yeah. you know you go to the you go to Los Angeles and you throw that no hitter, and ever since then it's been absolutely nothing but garbage. So and this year it's ever since the Drew Smiley almost perfect game. It's just every time they almost throw a no hitter perfect game, like that's yeah. it for us. That's yeah. that, that's how everything ends. I mean, do you think like? from a lineup perspective, there can be anything done. Like for me, when Nico comes back and you have Morel in the lineup, I think where Ross positions him as well as Patrick Wisdom in the same, will be interesting. Cause, cause I think Wisdom's been used appropriately against selective matchups. Right. But like yes. you have issues with Morel and Wisdom perhaps against high fastballs. And I'm wondering if like, you know, maybe, you kind of risk that selective matchups and you just bat both those guys higher and try to get more pop top the lineup. Yeah. I, I kind of felt like they were doing that for a while. Cause I felt like wisdom was in the lineup every single day because of that hot April he had. And then he went through a really long cold streak. Um, so I, I don't know about that with wisdom at least, but yeah, and you got to get morale in there every day and he's got to be somewhere, you know, when Nico comes back, they let you obviously going to put Nico back in that leadoff, but I liked him yesterday in that, in that. Would you consider moving Nico off leadoff though? I mean, let's, let's, let's say Morel is showing patience, right? So Nico's leadoff for you hundred percent of the time. Yeah. I mean, unless, unless Morel does start to walk more, but you know, first pitch today, he was swinging at it. So I, I do know that, you know, he's shown the ability to walk, a little bit last year specifically at the beginning of, you know, his major league career. Cause a lot of pitchers didn't know him, but um, he's going up there hacking, man. And so like, yeah. I'm, I know that Nico is going up there swinging too, but he doesn't swing at the first pitch every single time. And I feel like Morel is going up there doing that every single time. I, I yeah. could be wrong. He, he, he played well out of the leadoff spot last year 
And he is the type of player that you kind of want up there anyway, just because of the type of player he is in terms of power, speed, um, ability to work in at bat. So make a pitcher throw pitches and or a lot of pitches. Like I, I get it. And obviously with that type of power and ability to hit in general, yeah, you'd want that. You want that guy getting as many play appearances as possible. Right. So like, I, I get it. I, I just, I don't know though. Like, would I rather want Nico in the middle of the lineup or would I want Morel? Well, I mean, like you can, let's say you, you put Nico second, right? You put yeah. Dansby back, right? That's kind of where I'm thinking because there's there's been times where Morel's swinging at pitches outside the zone at like a league best rate. I, I bring this up every now and then, but for mm-hmm. a time there, he was swinging a fewer pitches outside the strike zone than what we saw like Dexter Fowler do out of the leadoff yeah. spot. So I do, I always think about this in the back of my mind. Like if you put Morel in those situations, he unexpectedly just continues to surprise people. So I, I, I do wonder about that. And then you look at like Seiya, for example, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, concern about Seiya. I, I don't quite understand that. Like <laughs> his WRC plus is 111. His weight on base average is 335. Like if this is a slump, then yeah. are the expectations for him to be an MVP level player? But I understand some of the power uh shortage that we've seen from him do you put say it back perhaps i i mean these are the conversations i keep seeing around twitter yeah well you know beginning of the week i think i i've said it multiple times where i wanted david ross to put him lower in the lineup some people were telling me that he should be benched for a couple i saw days. that that's what i mean it's like dude he's not struggling that much you <laughs> and know? Then, and like, those, I don't... those are the same people that want magical to play every single day with that like 260 weight on base average he's ruining yeah. everyone's lives it doesn't make any sense to me especially with the way the way it runs created too it's not great so um with say up until i thought you know ever since the game against st louis where they blew him out I've thought he's had better at bats. He had a home run today, which I don't care if it was a blood. He still hit a home run. Um, I thought he had a he had good at bats on Friday, um, and then yesterday was kind of a wash. So I I don't know. I if you do put Nico in the second spot and just kind of move down from there, Swanson, Hap, and then Bellinger, um, and then Gosea, and then like maybe maybe that is the right move i mean i always I thought know. nico was a guy that you could play you could bat either first or second um so uh maybe put morel there first with nico second might be the the ideal lineup um and it and it only like it pushes all your good hitters down one so you don't have to worry about who's at the bottom as much because you know, we've all talked about it enough to where it's like so top heavy lineup you're worried about what's going on in the seven eight and nine holes this necessarily maybe only makes you concerned a little bit about your eight and nine hitters, which one of those is usually Jan Gomes, who's been great this year. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm open to anything, really. I, I'm not one who complains about the lineup a lot, um, but I will say that you got to get Morel as many at bats as possible. So, if if they decide to do that, like when Nico comes back, I'd get up for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I do like what I've seen from Nico at the leadoff spot. Just he is swinging at pitches more so in the strike zone, swinging at less pitches outside the strike zone. So I, I'd be surprised if Ross ends up doing that. But, you know, sometimes you just need, you need to shake things up. All right. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to do a quick ad break here. We'll come back. We'll talk about the week ahead. Uh, very scared about the week ahead, but we'll get into it get everyone's ideas. I do want to talk about Jameson Tyon. Uh, not been good. So let me do this ad break. We'll get back into it. Okay. 
So quick break here from our sponsor, Foco. Get fitted out in the best sports gear around. They have hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. They have these slippers. This is like the third time I brought them up. I need to get those moccasins. If you like moccasins, they have the coolest cups moccasins. Uh, you know, I, I need to get that. Maybe next time I do the show, I'll have them. Uh, we all know it's spring. It's baseball season. Time for Aloha shirts. If you want straw hats for the bleachers, Go to Foco. They have them. If you want polos, if you want bags, they have everything you need for a game for your days out in the bleachers. We also have set decorations from them. We had Hayden Wisniewski bobbleheads. We had the Clark the Cub bobblehead from them. If you like bobbleheads and novelties like that, Foco is your site to go. Check out Foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Okay. So, this is what I was meaning before talking about Wisniewski staying up with the team, right? Mm-hmm. Tyon has not been good. He has a four-year contract over $70 million. He's not going to get removed from the uh, rotation whatsoever. He's coming off an injury. He's still working through a sweeping slider that still looks good. But I already know patience is going to wear thin, right? And if Wisniewski does have one good start, let's say he has one more opportunity and Tyon continues to look this bad, there's going to be people very upset in the same context as you see people talk about Trey Mancini. And at the same time, for me, this is giving me a lot of concern because now you have Houston coming up. You're going to have to expose him to that lineup. I'm very, very worried. By the time I do this podcast next week, we're going to be like five games below 500. And then my life is going to be over, uh, Cody. Yeah. My thing with Jameis and Tyon is this last two starts, he had pitch count anyway. So yeah. he couldn't go deep because of that. I understand that he wasn't that great against St. Louis uh, in his last start, specifically with the walks. It was like the first time really. Well, that's that's the weird thing about him. Like yeah. he's had command his entire career. All of a sudden, he can't throw strikes. Right. So, but that's the only start where I felt like the walks were a problem for him. Other than that, it's been the homers because he gave up two. He before all the walks in that last start against St. Louis, he gave up two homers, two solo shots. And so you can get away with that with solo shots um, as a starting pitcher, as long as you're not giving up five of them per start. (laughs) Um, But, you know, that was the issue in that start, the start before against Washington. He was awesome except for one bad pitch, which was a three-run homer. So I guess maybe three bad pitches because he allowed two guys on, I think, via the hit, if my memory serves right. So to me, his problem – has just been the long ball, but also I I think uh, it was Vanilla Chill in the the chat that said maybe the Cubs rushed him back too early. I, I don't know if that's the case. I I, I, I just have... I, I default to their you know pitching infrastructure to make those decisions. Yeah, fair. And I I I I do wonder why perhaps they didn't just you know let him go make a couple of rehab starts in Iowa before coming back so he could you know maybe go deeper in the games. But I. I'm I'm not I, I can't say that I'm not worried about Jamison Tyon, but I can also say that I don't think it's the Cubs' biggest issue in the starting rotation right now. In terms of where do we see Hay like where is Hayden Wisniewski gonna be, you know, in, in three months? And will Kyle Hendricks be as as good as we hope he can be and stuff like those things are much bigger issues to me right now at least than Jamison Tyon just based off what I've seen uh 
it was I was really bummed when he did get hurt because I thought he had a great start in Los Angeles after two, yeah. you know, so just bad. very like blah starts to start his Cubs career. He pitched like five and two thirds against the Dodgers in a game that they should have won, but Michael Fulmer blew. And then he got went on the injured list. And, you know, since coming back, he's had to pit he's been on pitch counts and he's gone like three innings top. So like I I'm hope I'm I'm hoping that he's able to go deeper into games tomorrow and they're going to the Cubs are going to need it considering the bullpen now. Well, that's my concern, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the big yeah, I'm with you. I'm just yeah. as concerned about about that. Um so yeah, I mean, it, I can see in your mind right now you're like <laughs> I mean, it's already bad enough they got to face uh Framber Val- Valdez who has a 2.380 ERA right now. Dude, it's uh, not. I just got such a bad feeling about this, man. Like, yeah, I don't. It just it has that feel. I don't feel great about the Houston series, but I will say this: there's been many times where I haven't felt good about a series, and then the Cubs fuck around and win it. So, I mean, every like, time I feel pretty bad, I'm usually justified. So, like, yeah, you know, that's fair. Ninety percent of the time, I'm usually right about my bad feelings. So, yeah. Um, I, well, again, if if Tyone can. Give them if he if he doesn't have a pitch count tomorrow. I think that the Cubs will at least be in the game. They they have to find a way to get their starting rotation back on track. And I know he is, you know, he knows that he needs to be better. Um, and I still believe that he can be better than what he's been throughout his career with this Cubs pitching infrastructure and and all of that stuff. Um, you know, we talk about the sweeper. We talked about the sweeper a lot in the spring, and in these starts that he's had coming back again, one, two, three bad pitches that have led to homers. Um, and then those walks in that one bad inning. But other than that, he's been, even in those starts, I thought he looked pretty good. So, uh, yeah, I think again, so too. based off the eye test at least. So yes, I'm worried about the Houston series. Am I worried about Jameson Tyone? Ask me in a month because I think then I can tell you if I'm worried about Jameson Tyone or not. <laughs> Yeah, in a month we may have more issues besides James uh, Tyone. But for Fair. for me, hopefully it's not true though. But for me, he looks he looks generally okay. I'm not saying he looks good, but I think with Tyone, he is developing a new pitch type, and so many guys are. I I, I feel as if we're always doing this. Everyone's always changing, but there are signs in the early going that his slider does look pretty good. It's rating similarly as Justin Steele's slider. Right. And that's pretty impressive from a guy who just picked up this pitch a few months ago. So then you have the injury, you have the pitch limit. It's difficult to dial this in in such a small window of time, especially when the Cubs are playing good teams. The Dodgers, for example. Now you have Houston coming up. You have the injury recovery. You're trying to develop this new pitch. It is a big ask. It's it's not the right timing for him to be going through this, nevertheless, for the Cubs, but it is a big ask i think we're seeing comments about like javier Assad if he'll get back in the rotation this year i imagine we'll probably see him in a multi-inning role i could see him as a starter absolutely uh right now the current going like likely not as a starter given that you do have kyle coming back given that you do have hayden's innings to think about but i can see you know Assad even this week if the bullpen needs some break i could see someone getting optioned and having javier Assad. Up. Also, too, th- this may be kind of controversial, but like Nick Magical has options left, <laughs> and 
it's not controversial, bro. Like, dude, there's people who like use legitimately <laughs> are so vitriolic about Nick Magical. I, and I'm not, I, I know. I'm yeah. not hating on the guy. It's like, the, like I feel like we're doing this again after we just did this with like Albert Omora. You know, it's yeah. like, like I get the skill set, right? I understand yeah. that the previous potential, but he's been the, one of the worst hitters in the league. And you yeah. need offense right now, and you have scarcity for roster positions and you have options with the guy so mm-hmm. like honestly dude i think a lot of the discussion about oh, morel needs everyday playing time put him in AAA. man like you know magical may need everyday playing time too. put him in AAA and then call him back up if you need him but yeah. i do see a possibility that just for like a day or two if you need pitching help they may have to option one of their positional guys down to bring up javier Stott. and yeah. I, I i hope it's not morel i hope it's not any of these other guys in my preference right now is probably would be uh nick magical yeah i mean a guy we haven't mentioned well i guess we did mention because he pitched today but miles Mastroboni, i would rather stay on this roster than nick yeah. magical at this point and i can now say this because i have had to go two weeks without nick magical your your time is up you can do it my now. time is up my time is up nick do magical. you regret agreeing to that that two weeks because you've been dying to say stuff <laughs> I don't know why you did a two weeks. Bit, it was a little, little bit, bit too long of a window. Well, it was it was one week, and then last Saturday he had the 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 big hit to give the Cubs the win against <laughs> the the Marlins. So everyone in my mention was like, "Oh, another week one for Cody. Week. Can't slander okay. my magical." And so it's like, fine, whatever. Um, the, and, and the thing is, is like I'm right where you are. I don't necessarily. I don't like. I'm, I don't hate any of these guys. I don't even. I will say I'm tre- I'm trending towards that though. <laughs> I am. <laughs> As as people, I don't hate them. Okay? Not as people, no, of um, course not. He's a nice so, guy. Yeah. My thing with Magical is that he's such a situational type hitter, in my opinion. Like, he's the perfect situation. Oh, sure. You got a couple guys on, you bring him off the bench to hit it to the right side. If you got a guy at third base and it's late in the game, you need a run, he's the perfect guy to bring up to he's the He's the perfect guy. Can you a slow, <laughs> weak ground ball to the right side? Yes. He's, he's yeah, your he's guy. He's the perfect dude for yeah. it, man. Yeah, one and, out, third and, base, and, yeah. And so, like, that's awesome. But the thing is, is, like, what's the difference between him and Miles Mastroboni? Like, I, I don't I don't think I there's don't a lot see. of difference. I, and I really to be don't. honest with you, I like Mastroboni's potential more. I think I he, has more, he has a better plate approach. He has the, <laughs> yes. the, the positional flexibility. Oh, he has a little bit of yeah. pop. Like, you know, like, a oh, man, like, again, I don't want to bag on these guys because I know, like, they're working their ass off, especially with, with Magical learning third base. But, man, like, he's really causing me health problems. Like, right. I have I have really, like, generally had, have had headaches because of Nick Magical playing so often. Cody. Yeah. I think that if they did bring back Assad, I would prefer them to option Magical at this point because I just think Master Boney can, has a little bit more versatility, first off, defensively. Yeah. And... He's a left-handed hitter, and the Cubs just don't have a lot of left-handed hitters. They could totally use that right now. Yeah, Eric Cosmer. Don't say that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I don't. There's no way they're sending Morrell back to Triple A. If they send Morrell back to Triple A, dude, we were saying this when the season started, man. Like I know you guys had that. I remember so vividly. You guys had a show in spring, and you were talking about will Morrell go to Triple A. I saw the title. I'm like, what the hell? What the hell are they talking about? There's no way Morrell starts the year in Triple A. And look at us now. I would not be surprised whatever happens. 
I mean, I guess that's fair, but the way that he's playing right now, I just don't see that happening. If we're talking yeah. about in, a, in the moment of needing to bring up Javier Assad, you know, especially with Nico out. So the thing is, is Morel, Magical, and Master Boney. I know Morel is obviously better than the other two, but they're all versatile players. I mean, Master Boney and Morel a little bit more versatile than Magical. You can play a Magical at third if you have to. Um, and I've been fine with it considering the matchups, the p- playing the matchups with wisdom. Um, and then obviously you can play second, but you need to bring up Assad. You're not, you can, you can use master Boney in the same role that magic that you're using magical in until Nico comes back. And that's, that's the way I look at it. to me. Like, I don't think that they will do that with magical. And I, it pisses me off that I think that, but that would be my first choice at this point, yeah. just because he hasn't done enough to prove that he can, you know, hit at this level. He hasn't even done, he hasn't even played to the level that he did with the White Sox, right? Dude, now. it's been Dude. like what three years? Yeah. Like it's, he hasn't, he hasn't done, like everyone's like, oh, he's a 300 hitter. Dude's not even hitting 300 right now. I know. And like he's got, like he's had a whole week, a whole week to, you know, take full advantage of this Nico injury. Batted lead off multiple times. And he just hasn't done it. And then the the other thing is that he just doesn't walk at all. So that's why I hate when he leads off. So so he doesn't walk. He doesn't hit for power. No. He doesn't hit for batting average. No. He would honestly be a perfect player like 15 years ago when everyone was like, oh, hit the ball on the ground for you the leadoff guy. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like – I don't know. He's he's like a poor man's Ryan Terrio right now, man. Like, I, dude, I Ryan Terrio had like a three forty weight on base after two thousand eight, <laughs> man. He was like a four one player. If Nick Magical ever does that, then I yeah. I will be banned for life. Talking about Nick Magical won't, yeah. won't be two weeks. I, I and again, I I have I have defended Nick Magical many times on this podcast in terms of just like, well, we don't know because he hasn't played. Especially, I did that a lot last year. Um, and then he had a he came back last year, had a great August, had his like best best stretch. He looked good, I will in, say, in August, August. Of last yeah. year, right? But this year, it ha- to me, it has to be the fact of the role that they've forced him to play. That way, he can play. You know yeah. what I mean? Like to me, what will benefit Nick Magical at the end of the day is if the Cubs just trade him. Like, and you can honestly just trade right. him for anything. I don't care about the value that you get back from him at this point because. You have another Nick Magical type in Miles Mastroboni who might be just a little bit better in my and, and, and from what I've seen at this point. Plus, you have Nico Horner, Danzy Swanson, and Christopher Morel. Anyway, like you're you're not going yeah. to miss Nick Magical. You're just you're just not. So to me, the what I would rather the Cubs do with Nick Magical than than send him to, to Iowa is for them to just trade him. That way you can I don't care. I, again, you get a bullpen arm back like you did for McKinstry, fine, whatever. Uh, do whatever with that, whether it's a guy you're gonna that's in double A and you hope to use the pitch lab to make him better. I don't care. You have like you have to find a way to play Morel and until Nico is out, I'd rather see Master Pony play. And that <laughs> and that, and even when Nico comes back, then then you have a guy like Miles Master Boney coming off the bench, which I think is where his best place in the in on this roster is is just coming off the bench as a pinch hitter tommy Lastella type he's a left-handed hitter too like he i i i that's how i generally feel about 
these middle infielders, influx of middle infielders that the Cubs have that we've talked about and tried to not let think that they were going to cause some sort of uh, blockage, but it clearly has. And so, yeah, in that scenario, that's what I would do. But I just, I, I, it, I believe in our front office. I like what Jed and Carter are doing, but for some reason, I feel like they do this every do, year. They like have this, that one guy every year. year this, like last year was uh, he who shall not be named. Yeah, don't uh, you dare even mention his names on this show. You know, <laughs> you know who I'm talking. He played third base and he played yeah, a little yeah, second yeah, and yeah, shortstop yeah, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and then. And, oh, and uh, see the other guy. On, and this year, it's 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 Nick Magical, and and even you can even throw in Eric Cosmer on that too. So hey. I don't know, man. It's it's a very frustrating like dynamic with that entire situation that comes right now. Because I feel like if they just like figured that out or just decided these are who we want the bet like and the better players, which the clear better players, just based off numbers and based off the eye test, even too like it's. I feel like the team would start playing better that way. And like, that's like this situation is what leads me thinking the people in my mentions that are like, this team isn't trying to win this year. This team is, uh, you know, 77 wins at best. Well, like whenever we start talking about this shit, this is where I'm like with those people. And I'm like, I'm with you. Yeah. You're probably right because they're not being serious right now. And like, is it them not being serious or do they legitimately think that Nick Magical should be playing lead off? Like does David Ross legitimately think that he should be leading off more, more than Christopher Morrell, given the situation of the team right now. And if that's the fact, then like, Holy shit. Then I will start thinking negatively about you, you have to think negatively if that keeps happening, right? Like I'll end the show here in a few minutes. Cause I know like Lawrence has stuff to do and we can go on for hours talking about this, but like, like, like last year there, like right before Hayward was ultimately, you know, whatever, let go. Like dude, Ross is bad. him in the middle of the order, man. Like yeah. I, a lot of, a lot of Ross's intention is like trying to use the lineup process to get guys going. And I think that's why you're seeing Nick Magical that leadoff to some degree, yeah. not totally, but I can see Ross kind of trying to get these guys going too much to the team's detriment, man. But yeah, like the the uh, one, the one, like when you say it like that, the one guy that I thought that they should have done that with was Seiya Suzuki. Just yes. because like he has a great plate approach, has power. Has I was fine speed. with that. And they haven't tried that. And like, I'm okay that they haven't tried it, but he's the one guy that I was like, that makes sense to do. But Instead, like, they're doing yeah. Nick Magical. And I'm just like, dude, you got to give Morel these at bats, dude. Like, <laughs> And you, you, you know, tomorrow we're going to see that lineup. You know this. We're going to see that lineup. It's going to be Nick Magical batting leadoff. It's going to be Eric Hosmer batting six. I guarantee it. This is what's going to happen. If that is the fact, I am hammering. I'm hammering the Astros. I'm hammering the Astros wow. on drafting sports. Emotionally hedging your bets. I emotionally I will hedge I love against it. my That's team. What we have tomorrow. to do. If Magical is leading off and Eric Hosmer is in the lineup, I don't care. I, I, Framber Valdez, I don't care that he's a right hand or no, he's a left handed pitcher. There's no way Eric Hosmer is in this lineup tomorrow. But if Nick Magical is leading off and, 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 I don't, I don't know how, what to say, I know. but like, I know. if, if I'm he's with leading you. off, I might just do it. Like, I just, it's so frustrating with that. 
All right. Well, I mean, this we're going to end it there because, again, we can go on for hours. If you want to emotionally hedge your bets, the show is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. You can download that app. It is America's top-rated sportsbook. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up and protect your mental health by uh, betting on the Astros if you want to do that. Uh, all right. Corey will be back next Sunday. I hope that I played a, a better, a you good did. role for, for this for this part of the CH Show Cups podcast, you did. because I know Corey does the show, and then he lets you do what I just did. Yeah, and you were in his role today. Yeah, so I hope that I hope the people liked it. I like I hope the people that listen to you and Corey specifically enjoyed it. I I you know honestly I enjoy this more than a lot of the Sunday shows we ever do. I feel oh. like I need I feel like I needed to talk. Like I love Corey. Corey's gonna be like, "What are you talking about, Brennan?" But like, you know, <laughs> look, we we need we need this, Cody. We, yeah. we you and I need to be miserable together at times. It helps me get through my days. Oh my god, yeah, I do. I do. I do feel a little bit better. I'm still gonna have the old Cubs therapy session after this, though. Yeah. I got to go find some food to make me feel better. Ah, same man. All right. Well, I'll leave it at that. Again, we'll be back next Sunday. We have many shows this week. You'll be back tomorrow. Cody with Luke, uh, Ryan, you guys can catch their shows on the YouTube link here. If you're in this chat, go ahead and leave us a like, look at that graphic that Lawrence made. He had the David Ross thumbs up graphic there to give us a like. Very good. So then Corey and I will be back next Sunday. Again, I am asking for thoughts and prayers for this week. I cannot go through this week with many losses or next Sunday. It will be a, uh, it will, it will be one of those shows. So Thanks thank you to everyone for in the chat as well. Thank you, everyone in the uh, chat. We tried we to read as many comments as we could, but yeah. All right. And as, as Corey always says, uh, thank you for listening. And, and as always, go Cubs.